Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Purcell. And I'm Timothy Plain. Each week we discuss filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but just as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. And this week we have Ronnie Allman with us. Welcome, Ronnie. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Timothy, you want to talk briefly about Ronnie before we, Ronnie just, you know, dives right into everything about him? <laughs> Yeah, I'll set it up because Ronnie and I met, we used to work together at Could Be Silverstein and Partners, um, and he was in, on the creative side of things. And so we became friends because I the first time I think I was aware of Ronnie was because of his film Filter, which he had sent around the agency that he had entered um, the, some canon contest, and he won it. And so that was we are like fellow filmmakers and that was the start of it. Awesome. Yeah. Where are you now, Ronnie? I don't even know. Um, I'm freelancing all over the place, all over the city right now. And I'm also just filmmaking around the Bay area, trying to build up that community. Okay, um, cool. Nice. Yeah. So just like us, basically. <laughs> yeah. I think nice. that's a, that's the mode everyone's in around the, it's a, it's a nice little community. Yeah, totally. Well, my main thing that I want to know that I'm really curious about is, uh, this whole filter thing, like, you know, how it came about, what happened and, uh, and like, you know, what happened after it. Cause like, we just been talking about, uh, contests recently and like, you know, are contests even any good? Like, what do you get out of them and everything? So I'd love to just hear the story behind filter and like what happened with that contest. And that might be a good intro to you as well. Maybe, uh, I don't know, but, uh. Yeah, so about three years ago, um, I was kind of searching for something new to record because I was kind of going all around San Francisco, like recording Beta Breakers and all these like Easter events, like on um, Potrero Hill, they have these like uh, little um, scooter car races. Um, oh, yeah. And I, and I was just getting really bored with that stuff, to be honest. And like it, a year came by and I was like, I don't want to go record that stuff again. So... I kind of was pushing myself to make a narrative and I saw this Canon project online and I didn't even, I knew kind of about it because they did the old uh, photo projects with um, previous competitions uh, with it. So I kind of knew a little bit about it, but then this was the first year they were going to do a film competition. So I was like, oh, well, maybe this is that exact opportunity I was looking for. So um, there was a bunch of rules. There's photos you had to choose from and like base your narrative off of. Um, you had to follow, you had to make, make up your own background and like uh, plots and things like that. So about, took me about two weeks to try to get the story together. And I basically only had a month to put it together from beginning concept to end concept. And uh, I had a T3i camera and I just shot it with a couple friends and I took off from there and just entered it and see what it could do. It was my first film. So so before then, you were just kind of around the city documenting stuff? Yeah. I mean, I was I bought a couple lenses and I was just trying to test the camera to see what it was fully capable okay. of. Because I kind of, I, I mean, I take photography and stuff, but it's totally different in film. Um, mm -hmm. So I really... I was at that time I was pretty comfortable you know I, I think I bought a, a glide cam at the time so I had some kind of uh, semi-professional equipment that I could do some nice cinematography with so and did you think that this film was just gonna be a fun project or were you like I might be interested in being the director but I'm not sure I'm gonna try it out and see what I think 
Yeah. At, my entire goal was like, I want to make a narrative story. That's all I want to do. I don't even know what it's going to be about. I had this idea that it was like this post-apocalyptic world, but the story, I didn't want to do like, you know, how the, the movie The Road, uh, how it's like very dark and like everything's just gone to shambles. But I was thinking of like, okay, what happens if it happens like two months from now? Like the world's not going to be in shambles. Like you might still have to go to work because we're trying to figure it out or something. But um, (laughs) so that was the basis of it. And I just kind of went from there. I originally had a story of a guy, um, the electricity going out, but I knew that I would not be able to um, pull that off. So I was like, okay, well, what if they just wore gas masks? And one of the pictures in the movie or in the contest that we had to pick from was a, a little boy in a neighborhood uh, wearing a gas mask because there was uh, forest fires behind his house. So it was like this, it was like this suburbia kid playing in the street. Uh, So like just sparked my imagination and kind of went from there. That's cool. And so what was the prize of this contest? First Uh, place. First place. So there was five, um, what they called consumer films um, that won. Uh, I mean, the prize was they flew us out to New York. They showed our film at the Lincoln center. Um, and we got to stand on stage with, uh, there was also five celebrity filmmakers and um, grand prize got $5,000 and an all expense paid trip to go meet Ron Howard in New York. Oh, wow. Is that where he lives? Um, I don't think he actually lives there. No. Um, I, I think, wonder why New York. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Is that where Cannon's based out of? Um, so they work with the, um, I think the ad agency they work with is in New York. So I think that's why they did it there, which I got to, I got to talk to them. I got to talk to the ad execs too on their side. And it was kind of funny because I'm still in that, I'm still in that (laughs) world. So I was like, okay, like let's, let's talk. Like, what are y'all up to? And how did this start? And yeah. They asked me like how like how I got involved in the project. And, um, I was like, don't hate me, but I clicked on a web banner. And they're like, what? <laughs> you clicked on a web banner? We got an art director to click on a web banner? I was like, I know, I know. Sorry. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, who yeah. clicks on web banners? I know, right? I'm the guy that says, never, I don't want to make any more web banners. And then I'm the one that clicks on it. So. Right. So who are the five celebrity filmmakers you're on stage with? Um, so there was Ron Howard and his dollar, uh, daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, they didn't direct any films. But then there was Ava Longoria. Uh, there was Biz Stone, who created or co-founded Twitter, um, James Murphy from LCD Sound System, uh, Georgina Chapman, who is a fashion designer, and that is Harvey Weinstein's wife, and then Jamie Foxx. Mm. Uh, so I didn't even know we were going to be on stage with them. So like they kind of just rushed us backstage and we're like all in this like tiny room together. And I'm like, whoa, where am I? Wow, this is crazy. Okay, I'm going to have to talk to these people. Okay, great. So, did did you did you say anything to them while you're waiting in the green room, or like? Oh, we got into some interesting conversations. Like, I talked to James Murphy uh, for about ten to twenty minutes, just like what he's doing. He lives in Brooklyn, and he was talking about a restaurant that he owns, and like his wife, and how they just like chill. And then I had a little bit of in common with uh, Jamie Fox. So he grew up twelve miles from where I grew up in Texas. Oh wow! So. So we actually, t- we, he used to play football and we talked about football and then we got into this weird, like he's like looking for some land to buy out there and 
I know somebody that owns land. So we just like talked for a little bit about like, where's the best place to buy land in East <laughs> Texas? And wow. yeah. And then we're like, he's like, but okay, well, we got to go on stage now. Let's continue this later. I was like, all right, that sounds, yeah. And we didn't, of course. But. That's really funny. What a funny conversation to have yeah. with uh, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of surreal because we were talking about like the little hometown he was from and I've been there so many times and yeah, it was, it was really fun. That's cool. So after this stage thing, was there like a, an after party or did you get to sit down with Ron Howard one-on-one for 10 minutes and talk to him? Like, No, there was no like sit down one-on-one. Like um, I, I did get to talk to him for about, you know, five, 10 minutes. He had to leave right after the entire thing because he was right in the middle of production of uh, Heart of the Sea at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just got to, you know, say thank you so much. And I told him I was reading a book, which he was, he was in and... Um, I didn't get to talk to him about the film afterwards, but you know, that was okay. I mean, he picked it and his daughter picked it. So, right. They were the judges on, on the contest. They were judges, just like with all these competitions, like you get shortlisted by probably a staff that looks through all the films and then the final ones that they think are great. They'll hand off and they'll watch them and to win. But Ron Howard didn't say, you know what? Call me on Monday. Let's, let's talk about your future kid. I think I dreamed that, but I don't think that actually happened. Because <laughs> that's, yeah, I would have thought, I would have imagined that outcome too, going into that yeah. situation. Or, or at yeah. least some sagely advice, some sort of like w- words of wisdom from uh, a legend, like some kind of something, but he didn't say anything like that? No, I mean, I even talked to some of the directors afterwards and um, they, they got probably just as much face time as I did. So oh, You know why he would have told you is he would have said, Work for Roger Corman. That was the book I was reading at the time. Um, yeah. How to make a hundred movies uh, without losing a dime or something like that. <laughs> uh, did Roger Corman write that or it was about Roger Corman? It was about Roger Corman. <laughs> he got uh, yeah. so many people started. It's amazing. Well, too bad there's no Roger Corman in the Bay Area for us to all just turn to who's going to give us $50,000 to make movies. It's like <laughs> Roger Corman, Troma Films. Yeah. Um, who else? I'm hoping of, like Fran- I'm hoping Francis Ford Coppola will come through eventually and uh, <laughs> say, "Hey, Ronnie," uh, but uh, I don't think <laughs> it's gonna happen. You know, we need to <laughs> we need to know. find George Lucas and talk him into just creating a small little production company with his four billion dollars that he's sitting on, and just be like, yeah. "Yeah, just like hand it over to some local filmmakers. We'll make a bunch of like B movies, but it's gonna be our start." Yeah, so we're, gonna, yeah. we're all going to start here. And, and don't make them <laughs> one to $10 idea. million. Dollars. Make them, you know, $500,000 or something <laughs> or $100,000 even. And that yeah. way you can get like way more movies and then way more filmmakers will have opportunities, you know? Come on, George. I don't know why no one's, why is nobody doing that these days? I mean, you can do a lot with a little, uh, with all the technology we have. Yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of people are doing it. They're just like doing it on their own. Like they're finding the, the 200 to $500,000 or whatever it is on by themselves somehow, you know, either through, I think mostly friends and family, you know, <laughs> or those random, <laughs> those random connections that you can, that you, that you make, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's no, it seems like all the film funds, they're all like, oh yeah, let's just, uh, fund stuff for, you know, five to 10 million or one to five million, you know, it's like, 
Uh, why, why don't you film funds like you know come down with us and you know make make a lot more movies for a lot less money come on guys yeah especially with netflix and everything with amazon prime like there's the distribution right now is incredible so oh yeah I mean, just cranking out content is key yeah absolutely. chris columbus's daughter has a small production company in san francisco called maiden voyage and she funds first-time filmmakers yeah, I think up to a million dollars. So she might be doing something like it, but I don't know how many movies she's actually produced. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So big question. After that night with Ron Howard and that whole experience, um, what happened next? Like what was the the fruits of that contest of that, that night and all that stuff? Great question. Um, so I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect anything, anything from this entire thing. So... The movie went on. They aired it on Sundance for a while. Nice. Um, so that was kind of cool, like a movie on Sundance Channel. Um, yeah, that was, absolutely. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think it played at seven thirty in the morning, so it was like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, who, who wants to see a apocalyptic film at seven thirty in the morning? I do. Um, <laughs> we all so, do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so after that, I I kind of came back and. I was just in the mindset, okay, I had the, I had a couple movies in my head and it kind of just gave me confidence that maybe I was doing something right. And I went into it. I, I think me and Timothy actually produced a commercial together, oh. um, which was my first, com- my first commercial to actually officially direct, which was great. Um, remember that one, Timothy? It was fun. Mm-hmm. That's the Cheeto. <laughs> the Cheeto. Yeah. A, che- a fake perfume commercial oh, for Cheetos. And it was like an April Fool's thing where they really did a press release that Chester had created this perfume that smells like Cheetos. Yeah, it was quite hilarious. It smelled terrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was. I mean, it smelled great. <laughs> it smelled like cheese. And Ronnie cast his roommate as the model. I did. I did. And then we and then we hired a woman through like a local wow. casting agency. Yeah. It was just like two actors on the beach. Oh, that's fun. Motion. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a fun shoot. Yeah. Um, so I did that and then started, um, you know, trying to direct more commercials as much as I could, uh, at least with inside the agency. And, um, that went well, I think in one year produced, um, probably 12 commercials. Not all of them got bought cause we kind of did this cool little, we just cranked out com- as many commercials as we could for, um, uh, it was Doritos at the time and a couple other free LA projects. That's right. You and Evan had that little like side project. Yeah. What was that called? Do you guys um, have like a name for that ex- division? It was called Accelerated Content. So yeah, it was, <laughs> That's right. it was, it was interesting. Uh, so we would just basically make, we give a sentence to the client and we'll have like a basic idea and then they would pick that whichever one they wanted. And then we come back the next week with pretty much a finished commercial. Um, and then they chose whether or not they wanted to run it or yeah, not. Yeah, and what it actually turned into is they would always say yes, kind of, because they would knew they knew in like a couple months they might need that piece of content. So we were just making up a bank of these uh, fun little videos. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, so I yeah, it was amazing. So I got to work in the studio and really got to learn lighting, and you know, I started using After Effects and like really got the the whole system working pretty well for only having two people kind of run the show. Wow, fun. A lot of experience, yeah, in a very short amount of time. Nice. So the main takeaway from the contest is it gave you confidence. Oh, for sure. Um, And just knowing that I can go into a story and, you know, see it from the very beginning to the very end and know at least what it 
should look like or like know when I have holes or know actually like know how to ask people like what do they think about this and actually taking critical feedback with you know a passion project rather than you know keeping it so closely tight to myself like being comfortable with just like setting out into the world and because in advertising you have creative directors and executive creative directors that'll kind of lead you but when it's your project mm-hmm. you really have to you right. really have to it's just me uh, and you really just have to trust your friends and know which ones give great feedback and which ones you know might not yeah and which 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 type of feedback like you relate to and that like you know actually jives with you because it might be great feedback but if it doesn't hit home with you and it doesn't yeah. match your style or sensibility then it's probably not the right feedback you know which, which I think is always something that, like, you're always going to struggle with, you know, at least for me, at least. Yeah, no, I mean, you're totally right. Sometimes you get amazing feedback, but you're like, I'm going to have to reshoot this entire film with that feedback. I can't <laughs> right. do that. So, you, so you have, you have to, you have to realize, like, pick and choose the good parts. And if you go too far left from your own road, then you know, in my experience, that's always a bad thing. So you, I, you, I really have to listen one to myself and people that I trust and know that whatever they say i have to make the best decision for it are you trying to say ronnie stay in your lane (laughs) definitely stay in your lane i mean (laughs) you learn so much more about yourself um when you do that totally well you know i mean i think i i do think that outside information and outside you know like different people bringing their point of views or their solutions to a project is always something that I I, I like to listen to. But it's like when, when to like stick with your yeah. guns or go with the the new idea. That's just like the mystery of, of filmmaking. If, if like you can figure that out, then, you know, you'll be totally fine. It's tough, man. It's really tough. I like I, I could probably call to every project I've ever made and like think of a time where I went with someone else and it was great. And then I stuck with my guns and it was bad. And then the vice versa, all in the same <laughs> right. project. And it's just like, ah, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have a unique um, position of where, like, we can make 20 wrong choices in one day, but make the right one, it makes the entire film totally different, you know? It's it's really interesting, and we have to, like, accept failure at a lot of times. And that's, it's kind of... It makes you very vulnerable. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But I but I agree with you. You have to allow yourself to fail and yeah. and, and understand that just because you fail at those twenty things, there that yeah. just succeeding at that one might be enough. Yeah. There's so I mean, there's so many different variables that you can go wrong with. So it's sometimes you just have to let go of some stuff as well. Like, oh, I love I love how stressful it is. It kind of keeps me centered in some way. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I yeah. I always get this hit in my stomach before I'm about to embark on a project where just like, oh, why am I doing this? But then once I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, this is the best. I love yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, totally. So contests. I want to know what your view is on contests that promise things like fame and fortune and meeting awesome producers and filmmakers. Well, I've only entered this one and it was absolutely worth it because, I mean, I got to meet so many interesting people. I'm still in contact with some of the uh, consumer directors uh, that won the competition. They're all very talented people. I mean, it was an amazing night, like my first red carpet experience. Like it was, it was like living in a, a dream for, you know, like 12 hours, but it was amazing. And, yeah. you know, I, I just took a chance and I just did it. Um, I didn't enter the film in any other, you know, film festivals after that because that film was specially catered to that contest. So, I mean, if, 
I've heard people say they don't really like to do that stuff or they, I definitely probably would not enter another one just because I've already done that type of thing. Right. Um, I was thinking about doing Project Greenlight, um, which, oh, is, yeah. right. which is interesting. Actually, one of the directors that won uh, with me, he did it and got through to the final oh, wow. rounds uh, pretty far. So we were really excited for him to see that. Um, I, I just think it's like a mini film. It's like a mini film contest that, you know, we have in San Francisco as well. Like that's basically what it was. It was just like make a film super quickly and make sure it's good quality because there's going to be somebody on the other end that's uh has a, a is big in the film industry and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, but what do you think people should go into it thinking is going to happen? Cause like you said, you, you think you're going to go and you're going to meet Ron Howard and he's going to say, mm-hmm. give me a call on Monday and let's talk about yeah. your future. Is yeah. that the, is that, that's not realistic or it's probably not going to happen most times. So what should people be focused on? Uh, the quality of the work, because basically what that did is, I mean, a lot of people got to see my, my film. So like, just like film festivals, if you can enter them to Sundance or they get into those things, like that's mm-hmm. free advertising for your film, basically, in your career. So, um, I would think of it as like an opportunity for the world to see your work rather than you get to meet somebody cool and famous. Right. Like yeah. when I'm learning, what I'm learning through this entire process is it's like one thing is not going to get you anywhere. It's the amount of work that you do. And if it's consistently good, people will keep coming to you, keep watching your stuff and like hard work and staying in the grindstone is what what's going to get you noticed. And maybe one day I enter a film festival and then they're like, oh, I saw you did that. And then you did this and you did that now call me or I'll call you. Right. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's interest. It's interesting what you're saying now, because I think that segues into the website that you're building because yeah. there's like two sides to it. There's the, when you finish a film, you want as many people to see it as possible because yeah. it does help you when you're starting out. But then mm-hmm. on the other side of things, you don't want to lose all your money right. as a filmmaker yeah. making films for free views. So I yeah. think what you're doing, and and we'll get into this in a little bit, but what you're doing on the other end of trying to like make a sustainable model for independent filmmakers is like a, the other side of the coin, right? Well, I just, before we go into that, I, I want to go back to the whole contest thing. Cause I think like in my mind, mm-hmm. when you think of these contests and you know, you met Ron Howard, you were on the stage with all these other filmmakers and these famous people and whatnot. It's like, you know, there's other things that you haven't mentioned that I would imagine would, would be part of that, which is like, you know, meetings with agents, um, you know, kind of like getting through the door a little bit. But did, did any of that kind of stuff happen? Not There was no discussions of like, what are you doing? You should come work for us. Like, that. that's not how it went down. Like, a couple of producers gave us their cards and they're like, hey, we like your stuff. Maybe we'll give you a call if something in this genre comes up or something like that. But um, nothing has happened no since meetings, then. No um, meetings, no like yeah. taste of... Hollywood greatness, nothing like that. It was just like, you know, here's here's a card, you know, we'll reach out to you, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Which is, I'm not disappointed by the entire thing because I'm still having fun with uh, yeah, filmmaking. No, so, yeah. I'm not disappointed at all. Like, it, it went past my wildest dreams, so. I, I think what, I, what I'm trying to say is that if that's what you think is going to happen if you win these contests yeah. as someone who's entering them, that maybe it, it's like a, a wake up call a little bit that even if you win, that's yeah. not really how it goes down, which is kind of like what we were talking about with the contest stuff is because like even if, it, if everything goes perfectly and you become that, you know, 1% or whatever, um, that it might not necessarily even get to what they're like sort of promising or alluding to in the in the contest, you know, 
advertisement or whatever. I think I think there's two different that you think that might happen. They never really advertise it like that. Like, yeah, I get to I did get meet I did get to meet Ron Howard and I did get to have this amazing experience, but there was never like you get to sit down and talk with the top people in the world. Right, like, right, right. like I think I mean, even myself, like I thought like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing if that happened? But I put that in my own head. You know, it wasn't like they right. were, I was being fed that. Um, it wasn't the canon people doing it. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't them. Um, I, I don't think I ever entered it that way. Um, so I never was disappointed at the end. Like, oh, why didn't this turn out the way it should have been? Right, right, right. Like you never expected it to be like this thing that would, you know, uh, like, you know, just catapult you to being a, a feature film director or anything. It was just like, oh, this is just a really cool contest. Let's see what I can do. Yeah. And it, it's a wonderful experience if, you know, if it yeah. worked out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got paid to make a film that I didn't think was going to go anywhere. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I got to make more films out of it and, you know, just continue my career, which is what I've always wanted to do. What was your budget on Filter? Uh, not enough, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was very cheap. I mean, I had all the equipment. There were, the actors in there were not actual actors. They were people that worked in my office. Um, the only things I had to buy were like the gas masks, and I had to make a I had to buy a rental car to go up to Mount Tam and do some filming. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really low budget. Wow. I would say under a thousand, probably. Oh, cool. So the five thousand dollars you won paid for the film and then some oh yeah definitely definitely that's awesome yeah it was like it quadrupled its budget or, or <laughs> i know right? or more than quadrupled. yeah that's that's pretty amazing that's like i think you're probably one of like <laughs> and like i don't know like 0.5 percent of filmmakers uh you know who are making short films or whatever who can say that they quadrupled their budget on their short film <laughs> yeah yeah what a like, debut short film <laughs> you won the contest yeah. you made your money back wow yeah. That's what I was excited about because yeah. to be honest, like you need money to make films. Like it's, it's, it's a very expensive art form. So like anytime you can get a return back is, oh man, it's, it's like a cherry on the, on the cupcake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have yet to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> at all. I know how to spend money on them, yeah. but uh, yeah. making money. Yeah. Well, this is, here's my beef with contest especially mm-hmm. filmmaking contests is it costs money to make a film. And so mm-hmm. when you're giving a, a company like Canon or mm-hmm. my famous example is the Doritos crash the Super Bowl, people yep. spend a lot of money to enter those things in the hopes that and dreams that they're going to win the contest and it's going to change their life. Yep. And really all you're doing is you're giving a company free content. And that's, yeah. that's what rubs <laughs> yeah. me the wrong way. It's like, yeah. just, Doritos, go pay for your own stuff. Like yeah. don't don't have people submit stuff for free and dangle a million dollar prize for them because that's just I don't know. It just seems like it's taking advantage of a bunch of people's dreams and aspirations. Yeah, it, yeah. it can, it can. But you just have to make sure it's a good idea. Like I entered this last one. This is the last one they did this year for a Crash the Super Bowl, and uh, one of the commercials I did got in top fifty. So they paid me money because I got in top fifty. So I made my money oh. back there as well. I didn't know uh, that they paid much, the top fifty. How much 50. did you get? Uh, they for top fifty. Top fifty. They paid two thousand. So, I I didn't spend any money to make that either. That's awesome, man. That's that's really cool that yeah. you're like continually entering these things, you know, um, and and getting return. Like, I mean, that's like a really good sign, right? <laughs> I I mean, I guess. It, I mean, it's fun. I mean, I got to you. I got to work with new people on that set, and like they just helped me with my current film that i just finished up as well so it was kind of like a nice segue into 
working with new people. And especially if you go like, hey, I'm entering this contest, they know that there's a potential to do something rather than like, hey, I'm just going to go shoot this random thing and I don't know where it's going to go. At least it has a, a little bit of an incentive in the background so you can like get people to help out and be a little bit more energized and mm-hmm. you know it's going to be quick too. So um, yeah, it's just like moving really fast when you make those things. Uh, yeah. That's what I liked about it. And if people know what they're getting into and they're all on board with it, then, you know, I think it makes it simpler too. Cause then there's the expectations, um, are very clear, you know? Right. It's like, right. we're just entering a contest. We, you know, we're one of millions, but Hey, let's, let's have fun. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. You know? I think that's nice. the biggest benefit to be honest is like whatever the results are, that's really not in your hands. Um, so you can just try to do the best that you do. If you want to enter a contest, do it. If you don't, you know, I and mean, it's always taking a, a little bit of a chance. Um, Right. But you'll have the the movie that you made as as your reward in the end anyway. So it's like if you're exactly. trying to get yourself to make a movie, and, but you're not making movies for whatever reason, maybe a contest is a good motivator to get you to go out and actually complete the movie, regardless of if you win or, or whatever. But then you'll have your movie or your commercial or whatever to show for it. Yeah. You know? you know what the biggest factor of that Canon thing was? It was I had a deadline that I had to meet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had I had a I had yeah. a cutoff time, and I was like, I have if I'm if I'm going to put this much effort into it, like I have 30 days to make this, and that was almost like the biggest driving factor. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to go out tonight with friends. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this script, or I'm going to edit a little bit longer. I'm going to push myself. Like, I think that was the biggest driving factor. I mean, even in advertising, you have deadlines, so you have to like push to meet them. And I think that's a really powerful indirect tool that we don't even think about because sometimes when you make films like yeah you might have to submit it to a film festival but if you don't complete it in time you'll just wait till next year right right right. Um, you can get kind of lazy but with those type of things like you have a hard deadline and uh you got to meet it yeah i work really well under deadlines too personally so like you know (laughs) um deadlines sometimes i mean i've made a couple movies for different different things that are much smaller but uh but yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have gotten made if there wasn't a deadline for it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Well, the other reason to enter a contest is it might be the only way you're going to get paid for, or your film is going to make money. It might right? be. You know, most of the time you make a movie and you're just, you know, it's going to be a loss, but at least with the prize at the end of a contest, there's the chance that your film could make money. And we yeah. can use this as a segue point into Ronnie's website if you guys want. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. How do you make money with a, a short film? Because I think the model for many, many years, except for like in the silent film days when they would actually show short films, um, it just seems like people would do it and spend money as, and make the film to be their calling card and hope that it opened up bigger opportunities. So it's, it was an investment in your future. But Ronnie's saying, wait a second, hold on. Can't there be a way that filmmakers can make their money back on a short film? And why aren't we offering that to people? Uh, so it actually came from listening to this podcast um, probably a couple months ago. It was just like y'all were talking about how to make money on shorts and like all the money that's spent on film festivals and things like that. And it got in my head. I was like, well, 
yeah, I'm about to make a short too. Like I should think about like, what's the business behind this? Like, where am I going to go? Like if an investor comes to me and is like, okay, how are you going to try to make money for the feature film or anything like that? Like I broke it into a, into a business structure and then there was just a gap of like, okay, how can I make money off clicks and views and things like that? And then I don't know, all this stuff with like Dollar Shave Club and all these like dollar things came along and I was like, oh, what if you just sold a, a view for a dollar? Um, basically, and it just kind of started from there and snowballed. Um, cause it, it also goes back to, um, like the nickel ramas, you put it in a nickel and you turn the thing and you get to see a short film. Like I think nickel ramas are making more money than we do on short films right now, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, really. um, so, I mean, like even that I, we're joking, but like, it's kind of true uh, in some ways. Um, so I was like, well, let's just try to see where this can go. So I'm creating a site called just a dollar short.com. Uh, and that's the entire concept. Um, every week I'm going to try to put a really amazing short on there and it's a, it's a click per play or a dollar per play. And then there's a business model behind that where most of the money goes back to the filmmaker. Are you going to do it like 50, 50, like half to the, to the website and half to the filmmaker or what would, what is your split that you're thinking of? So, so there's different there's different structures. So I mean, if you're premiering the film, um, and this is like a debut, like of course you're going to get a higher percentage. But if this is a more of like a repurpose, like it's already been out into the world, um, it's been online for a while, like then you're going to get a lower percentage, uh, probably um, sixty forty or fifty fifty split on that. But like uh, okay. a much a much higher end, like if you're premiering it uh, and things like that. So um, there's definitely a benefit of trying to premiere it on this site as well. Mm. And then are you um, are you going to build out your own infrastructure for, for playing uh, the videos? Or are you going to try to piggyback on one of the existing platforms that are already out there? The only way we I can figure it out without having to hire um, somebody to code it is, yes, piggyback, but there are also some platforms out there that are they're using, they kind of do it on like corporate videos, um, the click mm-hmm. per play model. Um, I'm trying to do that route i think it there's a little bit more control uh from my end which i like besides using like vimeo or um things like that which you still have to go through vimeo to do everything um but they're not really caught up with uh, html5 and it's not it's kind of clunky i think timothy you played with it for a little bit and took it like longer loading times but that's just things i can figure out in the back end of like how to make it more efficient um but so far, there's multiple platforms to try this, so I'm I'm really excited about where it can go. It's just trying to find the right one. I guess this this is probably the biggest question for a filmmaker who can be considering something like this mm-hmm. is like, would it have to be yeah. exclusive if it's going to be on your site? Would they have to take it off YouTube and Vimeo and all the other um, places that exist? You know, I think that is up to the actual. That's up to the filmmaker because I mean, if you want to funnel everything towards one place and you know it's going to make you money, like. That would be good just to keep it on there, um, on this one site. But that, that's really up to the filmmaker. I don't want to. I don't want to own any of the films. I don't want to have only exclusive rights. Like this is a tool for the filmmakers, and I want them to use it how okay. they see fit for see. their film. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's like if they want to have it be in multiple places where people could choose not to pay for it, or if they want to to be on your site and host it, and someone pay for it, that's up to them, basically. Yeah, totally, totally up to them. Um, Because, I mean, it comes from a truth as as filmmakers. Like, we want 
I, I don't really want to ever completely sell my film and don't have any, you know, control of it. Like, it'd be nice to have some decision making, especially on the money side of it. So, this just allows that to happen. Uh, and it's a, I, I, it's very comfortable for me, like, if I would ask my friends to put their film on this site, like, I can be comfortable, like, they're not going to get screwed over in any way because it com- it comes from a truth from a filmmaker. Like this should exist. It just doesn't really do it right now. Right. Or people have to set up their own e-commerce solution to do it. Cause like I was trying to figure out how to exactly. sell spirit machine uh, ahead of it's like public release. And so I was looking into all these different ways to do it. And like, you can sign up for Vimeo pro and you have to pay like what, like a yearly or monthly subscription fee and then you get access to like yeah. being able to sell it and then they keep a percentage of every sale or um, yeah. you could try to set something up on your website, which is, you know, I know you're going through the pains of trying to do that and that's not super easy. Yeah. You can go through iTunes or Amazon and try to sell it, but they take a big percentage of it and there's also like setup yeah. fees to get it on into the store. So it's like, it's not there's not like an easy way to like sell a film. The way that I ended up doing it is this site called generous where you can create a slider and then um, you can attach a file to it. And so right now it's like people pay for the film and they get a text file that downloads and inside that text file are links to the film on Vimeo with passwords and a link to like some extras that are on my website but that's not like super clean yeah. and easy. I think what you're trying to do is like you pay for the film and then it pops up and starts playing. Exactly. I think uh, the user flow on it's going to be so important because like we've talked about, like what is a short film to a lot? It's a calling card, but like we're shifting now where it's an actual form of entertainment for people. So that's what I'm trying to capitalize on. Like in the filmmaking world, yes, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different the way we see short films, but to the general public, like this is a legitimate form of entertainment. They, they have a cup of coffee and watch a short film in the morning or on their lunch break, they watch short films. Like it's a thing. So I think there's an opportunity right now um, to help the filmmakers um, because people are watching their content everywhere for free, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems like the biggest challenge for something like this is just the challenge of getting someone to click on your, your short film in the first place. Cause I mean, you know, like we, yeah. we've all had some pretty good successful views, you know, um, but getting views is really hard. And I mean, you know, there are a lot of movies out there that have millions and millions of hits and like unknown films with like that just made by other independent film filmmakers, just like us. But I feel like, you know, just the challenge of getting someone to click on, on your movie is hard enough. So it's like, to me, like if you're trying to get them to click and then also pay a dollar, it's like, that's just even a bigger challenge. So, I mean, I'm wondering like if you have any ideas of like how to kind of alleviate that, that, that pain point for people and sort of like making it easier for them to want to click and pay that dollar, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's such a good question. That's something that it's, it's going to be trial and error just to see like what this community is going to be accepting, um, how to transform into this monetization of, uh, short films. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still figuring it out to be honest. And it's, it's interesting, like having these type of conversations and seeing like, would you be comfortable 
even charging a dollar or 50 cents like well would you be comfortable as a filmmaker to get on this website um i think it's super important to make sure this is exactly what uh, the world needs and to move mm-hmm. forward and try to make something great with i it. think your biggest asset's going to be the brand like just a dollar short has yeah. to represent something and yeah. you, like if you're going to curate the films then every film that you choose has to be a certain quality which i know is something that you're really interested in just the same way that short of the week is like represents something like every filmmaker wants to be on short of the week, but only if you actually get on there and all the shorts that make it on short of the week are really good short films. So if just a dollar short yeah. becomes a home for really good films, but you have to pay a dollar to watch it. Then people might be willing to do it. Yeah. Uh, th- that is the biggest thing is just quality control. Usually. I I'd also, you know what I would like to see personally is cause like, you know, um, you know, this, I don't want this to be a burn on short of the week or anything, but like, you know, a lot of the movies you see <laughs> on short of the week and film shortage, they all kind of have the same sort of look to them in a lot of ways, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and they seem to favor things that like, you know, it's not all CGI and it's not all visual effects and stuff, but they do seem to have a lot of those types of movies on there. And they all yeah. kind of have the same kind of like sort of glossed over, you know, beautiful look. And, and like, I know that, from watching, you know, some of your movies, like you kind of share this sort of like more gritty, raw kind of like, like indie style, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. accurate, but you know, that's kind of what I saw in <laughs> it. Definitely yeah. accurate. And, um, you know, it'd be nice if that was what you focused on, you know? So you had mm-hmm. movies that didn't look like the other movies on these other, uh, platforms. So it was more gritty, raw, like, you know, like you had yeah. more dramas, you had more, like you know um r- romance movies maybe or just just different things that you're not seeing on these other platforms so i think that could be um you know part of like what separates you from the rest is like you're kind of this more like indie filmmaking or or like raw indie film like website that has types of movies that you're not seeing elsewhere and that could attract people to not only host their movies there but also go out and and, and watch them definitely i love that idea and um there's two aspects of it. Me reaching out to filmmakers with films I actually really like and would love to host them on here and having those discussions, but also seeing, so you can submit your films as well on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to see when this catches on, like what people send in. And um, I've already gotten a couple. Oh, you have? Oh, cool. Um, I've already gotten a couple that the people have submitted. Um, they're good. Um, I just need to figure out like what this site is and what, what type of filter that I'm going to put through everything to uh, make sure that these films are super quality and actually gets people coming back. Cause if I put one film on there that I'm kind of iffy about, uh, or everyone's kind of iffy about, like you might lose a couple of people cause they click on that one and they're like, well, I didn't get a dollar's worth on right. that one. <laughs> right. so, yeah. What the hell what? is this shit? You know, I mean, that's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you have to have that little bit of filter. And I think it's, you know, it's not just me going to be running the site. I'm going to be, you know, Friends submitting like, hey, would this is a cool film that I saw. Would you consider putting that on there, even if it's not theirs? And then like having that, trying to reach out to that filmmaker. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in the back end of like what we can make with this. My advice to you is to make the site speak to people not just about the quality of the films, but to speak to them about the filmmaker's dilemma, and to tell yeah. people like you're not just 
giving a dollar to watch this film like you're giving a dollar to help support an independent filmmaker and this is like the state of the world that we live in today and have people like buy off on the mission statement of just a dollar short yeah. like previously filmmakers had to spend thousands th- thousands and thousands of dollars to make a film and put it up online for free we're offering them another solution and you can help be a part yeah. of it and you can help these filmmakers be able to keep making movies because not we're not going to be able to make movies for thousands of dollars over and over again without some sustainable system. So I think that's the interesting part to me is like that kind of the mission statement of your website could compel people the same way that like giving to a Kickstarter campaign would or even me on the spirit machine that I'm selling right now just telling people like, hey, this helps me pay for film festival submissions. And I, and yeah. I think if it becomes bigger than just like you're buying a film, then I, I think it's more compelling argument yeah definitely uh i think you just wrote my mission statement for the website thanks for uh, doing you're welcome that for it's me. all uh, recorded so you can listen to this it's all recorded yeah. okay um <laughs> I, yeah because there was, there was a little bit of truth to what you said there I, I was doing the numbers on like say sundance i love sundance i think it's a, a great film festival um but i think last year they had 8500 short films mm-hmm. uh submitted um 80 i mean at the max with, with late fees that's at least average of 70 dollars per submission that's right. and if i did the numbers right that's over six hundred thousand dollars you know what i mean and then people go and pay to watch that film but then the money doesn't come back to the filmmaker never no um there's all there yeah there's all this money pouring into the system but none of it's i mean yes they like with that money they they have grants and they do uh events and things like that for the filmmaking community but there's no like direct uh, benefit for the the filmmaker at least in at least in right. money. And, and, and it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not about money but it's like that was interesting to me to like start thinking about like okay there's a lot of content being created out there and people want to be seen um, and there's a lot of money flowing so let's think of a smart way to do this mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally but the other thing I wanted to mention was this thing I just heard about the other day it's called a uh, pop chest have you guys heard of this thing no so what no. they're doing is they're basically trying to monetize YouTube videos. Um, so basically without ads. So so basically sidestepping the whole ad thing. And the way that they've they figured out to do that is like by uh, doing microtransactions. So instead of paying a dollar for a video, you'll basically pay like five cents for a video. And uh, the users will upload like, you know, whatever, 10 bucks or a wallet to this um, uh this site and then you know you just pay five cents per click or ten cents per click whatever whatever the creator um you know wants to set their click rate at you know um Mm, interesting and then by that by by doing it that way it's like you know we were talking about before on youtube uh or on the show about youtube and how like you know if you get a million hits that equates to about ten thousand dollars you know um and but like if you're getting uh five cents per click and it's all going to the filmmaker that's fifty thousand dollars at a million hits you know so it's like five times more but i mean if you did even to 10 cents like that would be like twice that you know um so i don't know i mean and then i was actually just on set yesterday talking to to the crew and we were talking about this pop chest thing and we were just asking like you know what, what do you would you even want to do that like would you want to pay five cents per video would that be like these micro transactions would that like you know, work for you uh, on a day-to-day basis. Cause like, I'm still obsessed with this whole idea. Like click, getting someone to click in the first place is really hard. Like, <laughs> like if you, if you go on yeah. Facebook or something and someone's like post their, their new music video or whatever, their new web series, it's like, 
you know, like I want to watch it just because I'm curious or like maybe I know them and I'm like, oh, I want to support this person and watch their video. But if there was like a five cent or 10 cent or even or a dollar or whatever, like cost that goes onto that, like what what would stop me from clicking on it? Like how much would it have to be for me not to want to click? Or is it like any amount of money just because then I have to enter my card information? Is that suddenly going to stop me from clicking? So it's like all these things, it's like, it's almost like the money is important, but it's almost like the ease of which that you pay for these things is even more important. Like the easier it is to, to pay yeah. for it, the easier it is that, that to like not interrupt my experience of trying to watch this video, that's going to make it more successful. So these are the kinds of things that I think about. And it's just like, you know, like what, what is going to make the experience of using the site the best, you know, and, and is right. microtransactions a better way to go? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's you know. the same problem that the music industry was facing that iTunes had to solve when everyone was stealing music on Napster and then iTunes mm-hmm. came in and it's like, we're going to sell songs for 99 cents. And people are like, no one's going to pay 99 cents because they can get music for free right now. But they did sell music. I think yeah. you find that, I think what you'll find, Ronnie, is that people are willing to pay for it if you just set the right context yeah. for them. And, and exactly. almost make it feel like right now you're stealing filmmakers movies <laughs> <laughs> or somebody else they're stealing but yeah or somebody but filmmakers else is, are giving it away right. as well. somebody else is benefiting yeah. off of filmmakers movies it's time to pay the filmmaker yeah. and right. here's yeah. here's how it works um because i think that's the same same thing and like uh i think a lot of people figure that out on the music industry side and you know it's not not perfect but at least it's better than it was i know people complain about spotify but i guess spotify is kind of like the the microtransaction version of of music where artists are getting paid just a tiny tiny little bit for every play which doesn't seem to be working out that well so i would i would say as a business model probably the microtransaction thing sounds nice but it's probably not going to be the the thing that works as well for the the filmmaker yeah, because when you take take off the sliver of like what that five percent, because like you know that five percent is not going to only go to to the filmmaker or whatever that five cents. So yeah. you know once that gets cut up, and I'm sure <laughs> it's going to probably get right. cut up more than what they say it will. You know, um, then suddenly you know the return becomes you know a lot less. Um, but like a dollar, like yeah, that's a lot more to cut up basically. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, man, I'm excited about this. I really, I really want to see where this goes and, um, you know, see like what kind of like branding you build around it, like what kind of films that you start to get. I I have a movie that I'm finishing up that has nudity in it. Will you even accept nudity on your, on your film, on your site? Like, you know, these are all kinds of questions that, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how you, uh, you know, how, how you deal with them. I would say right now. Yeah, I probably would. Sweet. Um, like, I mean, yes. <laughs> you're in. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, it's endless, and like, it's super exciting just to see, like, what filmmakers are making right now. And I don't, man, I'm so excited. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. <laughs> well, what right now? You're in the middle of building the site. It's not ready to go live yeah. yet. So, like, what? What's no, the biggest not. struggle on in in the site at this moment? User flow and making sure, like, you go to the site, you can see what it is, clicking play, and have a minimal um, interaction with, uh, you know, money and you just click mm-hmm. and you play yeah. it and make it super simple. I think that's so important because 
like filmmakers will struggle a little bit try to get if they really want to see a film but if you're trying to if my mom wants to try to get on here mm-hmm. um and it takes you know five steps she's going to get confused on two or three right and i think that's i think that's the reality of just making it dead simple for everyone to use and make sure it's super clean that's what i'm struggling with right now and just finding the right platform yeah uh, to make sure that's key that was always the hardest thing with kickstarter too is that people had to sign up for Kickstarter to donate yeah. to the project. Yeah. And it was just, it's, there's so many hurdles to overcome. And even yeah. c- entering your, your credit card is a huge hurdle. I know a lot of people have PayPal and that's a, a great workaround, but it just seems like there needs to be something easier. Like you just enter your phone number or something. I don't know. I, I'm sure eventually yeah. we'll figure out uh, an online transaction that works a lot better than it does now. Maybe that's that's your yeah. way in as you figure out the online transaction and then you sell that for like a billion dollars to Facebook. Woo-hoo. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the be. other thing that I think is really important about the site is, and this is something that like everybody seems to struggle with, like Netflix, Amazon, everybody, is a easy way to to search your your library. You know, so like you can easily pop up like every science fiction movie or every horror movie or, you know, every drama and that like everything is really easy to access and it just like pops up really fast. And that like, you know, you you just have like a structure that is really appealing and then really easy to to navigate because I think that's I get frustrated just using Amazon and Netflix trying to to find movies to watch, you know, so so. many things to try to figure out. It's uh, yeah, you just turn into uh, a developer rather than a filmmaker. Are you ready for the challenge? I'm trying to learn After Effects right now. That is enough for me. I don't need to get into another <laughs> another thing. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm trying to well, I'm not actually actively trying to learn After Effects, but I should be because um yeah, I was like working with a company and they they had a lot of need for After Effects and like I only knew it very very on the bare bones side. So I I got to jump in there and start start really getting to know it cuz I feel like as a as an editor I think your future is uh, gonna be, you know, a lot better if you know After Effects. <laughs> Knowing the entire Adobe suite, like in and out, and how you can switch platforms and work really efficiently, I think is where we're going. Yeah, totally. At least that's where I'm going. Yeah, it's a smart, smart place to go. Yeah. If people want to help you with your site, and they have either some piece of knowledge or they have a film they want to share with you, like how? Maybe maybe the first question is how can people help, and then the second question is where can they find you? So you can go to a dollar short, just a dollar short dot com right now, and it's it's in beta. Um, it's it's up, and there's a submission form if you have any questions or anything like that. That whole back end is working uh, fine. There is one sample film up there, which is Filter, which we talked about earlier. Uh, if you want to watch it. Um, you can actually watch the trailer on there as well. Um, so you can go there, check out and see what I'm trying to do. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And then you can always email me at RonnieLAllman at gmail.com um, with any questions or if you want to help, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I feel like any project that you undergo is a production. And so like any resources you can get people to help out on for free is going to be a huge help. So. If anyone out there listening has some knowledge about building websites and thinks and you think you want to help Ronnie out, please contact him because I know it would be great. We would love to see this thing happen. Me too. <laughs> awesome. What else? Is there any other questions about this about the website, Ulrich? Um, no, I think we covered it. Like I'm just, you know, it's so early in in the beginning, but I'm just excited to see like, you know, what, what it becomes like in six months from now, three months from now, a year from now, like what kind of movies are going to be on there and who's going to be using the site, you know, right. and, and what's, what's it going to look like? And, uh, 
you know, I just think all those things are really interesting. And I mean, you know, as a filmmaker, it's like whenever anyone contacts me and asks like, oh, can we put your movie on FilmDo or can we put your movie on blah, blah, blah site? I'm, 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 my first question is always, is it exclusive? Um, <laughs> do you need exclusive rights? And then yep. if it's if it's no, if it's not exclusive agreement, then I'm just like, sure. I just say I mean, I'm, I'm down for my movie to be as many places as possible. So, you know, if there's a non-exclusive option, I'll totally just why not put all my movies on on your site you know mm-hmm. because yeah. that that's just another way for people to see them and if they want to pay for it then then that's awesome i mean i might even do a thing like where like you know put the just a dollar short link like in all my uh, my materials that i send to people and, and everything just so they like that's the one that you put out visibly but then yeah. have the other links you know be the ones that are, are that just are still out there so if people search for it and like they don't want to pay a dollar for it then they have an option you know but yeah. maybe I just won't advertise that option, you know? Yeah, or yeah. I think for filmmakers that have a little bit of a following, I think that selling your film for like the first week or two uh, that it's out, or even like YouTube people that are that are constantly putting out content, having a small window where you pay to see it, and then after that it's free online could be a, a really good model to, to yeah. follow also. Yeah, or you can just be like, hey, like, you know, it's here for a dollar. If you want to support me as a filmmaker, you like the movie and you and you thought it was a lot of fun, just, you know, watch it again for a dollar and that'll help me make my next movie. Yeah, you know? exactly, um, yeah. I think, I think, I think, honestly, like, just talking out loud now, like, it just seems like a really good tool to have because, you know, there's all this, like, it's, it's another thing. Like, how do you get your fans to support you? Like, how do you let them, you know, if they want to pay you for your services and they want to give to you for the art that you make, how do you do it? And there's a lot of different options out there. I, I want to talk about this with Timothy on another episode. There's one called Patreon. I don't know if you guys have heard of, but no. uh, it's it's kind of interesting. It's like basically if you can just go there to support, um, you know, there's like lots of YouTube stars on there, lots of other like artists, you know, and basically you can just, you sign up for monthly donations at like any price like a dollar five dollars ten dollars it's like sponsoring an african kid but like sponsoring a filmmaker (laughs) basically (laughs) that's basically what it is like that that guy who who does all those um film essays that are really popular they get millions and millions of hits he did one on jackie chan he did one like kind of like about indie filmmaking versus like big budget hollywood filmmaking and they've got millions of hits online so he's on there and his model is basically like you're not paying me per month but you're paying me per video so like you know each video you you can contribute x amount of dollars so when Mm -hmm. i put a new video online then i'll collect you know 10 bucks from you five bucks from you whatever you know um so it's like yeah it's like kind of like you know it makes you think of like people who support the symphony or something you know Mm -hmm. or people who support like that's like that's kind of like what that site is allowing you to do but i think i was in talking to other people it's like they're not interested in that they're like i don't want to just you know be a, a cash bag for an artist like i'd, I'd rather <laughs> just pay yeah. per per view you know like that's what interests me so i feel like you know like for me like something like a dollar short is a nice option just to like give your fans just be like hey you know like you love my stuff you know um here's a way to support me like instead of like oh buy something on like you know how like podcasters will say like oh use click on amazon through my website and then i get a, like a little portion of everything you buy through amazon right like yeah. this could be like a version of that basically you're like oh yeah buy my short for a dollar help me you yeah know, if you like help me I, out you know in in doing this generous slider thing i find that people are can be pretty generous and Mm -hmm. you might want to consider Ronnie like having 
um, people choose what they pay for it. Like they can pay a dollar, but they could pay more than a dollar too, like whatever it's worth to them, because that also might allow filmmakers to get more than they normally would. If they, if you're just selling it for a dollar, they're always going to get a dollar, but allowing people to choose like, yeah, I'll pay you a dollar or I'll t- pay you $10 or I'll pay you $30, whatever whatever it is so that way it also becomes more of like a support tool where it's like you know pay me pay me what you want go to the site you can watch my movie again and you can you can pay as little as a dollar yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting too but then thinking about like (laughs) just to keep on the conversation going (laughs) going. thinking thinking about like you as just a dollar short like if you did have a slider it's like well does the percentage stay the same like if you're on a 50 50 split because this movie's been online for a long time whatever whatever like do you just get 50 percent of like whatever they want to like slide up to or does like the slide up part only go to the filmmaker and you just collect the 50 50 on the first dollar dollar that's awesome because then you can tell people like the more you give the more i get yeah (laughs) exactly man we're full of good ideas then it's not going because then it's not going to yeah then it's only going to the filmmaker so it's like you know this will split you know whatever but if you want to give more this is only to the filmmaker or you could decide to take a piece of that (laughs) i don't know what you know it's it's completely whatever you want to do i mean i just think it's really interesting to think about well also in the slider could it increase as you increase the slider, you can add additional things to it. So like at a dollar, you can watch the short, but maybe at like $20, you get a t-shirt. Yeah. Mm. And then maybe so it's like a mixture like, between Kickstarter and yeah. Say, so people yeah. could watch the short for a dollar, but if they want to give more, they could filmmakers could offer up like t-shirts and blu-rays and copies of the script and whatever else. Like it could be mm. like an interesting, like, combo site where it's just it's like a way to support filmmakers but also for like fans to to get stuff yeah that's like a post like a post kickstart like a post post production kickstarter i don't know yeah i don't know how you say that yeah hmm interesting all right yeah, anyways totally. we could probably brainstorm all day i know right yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> um, um you guys any guys got anything to share this week something that you saw something you're working on something you just want to tell listeners about um i just finished a a short film called blood bullet that's going to be hitting the uh, film circuit soon so i mean i'm really excited about it it's my biggest production short film yet so put a little had a little budget for it so it was fun awesome well let us know when it's out and we'll we'll throw it out to the community so they can see it you have a trailer out though right i think i watched the trailer I do. If you go to Facebook and just type in Blood Bullet, uh, it has its own um, page and you can go and see behind the scenes uh, photos and see the trailer for it. Nice. Yeah, I, kn- I know a few of the people who worked on that movie. Gavin Murray, I oh, think yeah. your DP. He's a yep. great guy. And then um, Cameron was your producer. Is that right? Yeah, Cameron Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. So from, from Coffee and Ketchup, who we've talked about on the show. So yeah, good good people. And then I, I you sent me the link uh, kindly, and I, I started watching it, and I saw another guy in there. Um, uh, Mitch Costanza is in your right? movie, and I worked you with him Mitch? on. Yeah, I know Mitch. He was on in Necessary Evil that will never be seen by the light of day. <laughs> oh. But uh, but it was funny because he was also playing a detective in my movie too, and oh, he did an it? interrogation scene. So I was just like, ah, oh, sweet, he's back in the saddle. But this yeah. time, people actually get to see it, unlike the, the other yeah. performance he gave, which, yeah. you know, is uh, being locked up uh, unjustly. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Anyways. <laughs> unjustly, I like that. The studio yeah. is holding my film back, man. Yeah. It's, it's what it feels like. Yeah. That's what it feels get like. Yeah, a taste um, of it. <laughs> 
yeah but no that's cool uh, uh yeah let's share the trailer and uh you know when it when it comes uh, where, wherever it lands first let us know and you know i'd love to talk to you about like what your plans are like when it gets into a film festival are you gonna just write out the film festival circuit or are you gonna like release it online right away on a dollar short like what's what what are your plans yeah i don't know yet i mean there's a full feature story behind it so it was, it was kind of proof of concept when i made it so i'm interested to see where it goes it's a nice. very very intricate story yeah i, I mean I, I haven't finished it yet but like just from the first like you know five minutes or whatever i watched it's like oh wow there's a lot going on like jumping back in time yeah you know like it's a it's really interesting i, I love the style of it that's why i said gritty raw indie you know because yeah. based off that i was like oh this is like the kind of stuff that i'm shooting for too so like it's sweet <laughs> all right, all right, let's stop. <laughs> all right, thanks, thanks, Ulrich, and thank you, Ronnie, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, check out our website, makingmoviesishard.com, or find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcasts. If you like the show, tell a friend, help us get the word out, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We love those, we love reading them. And that's it. We will talk to you guys next week.